Jeff, welcome to another Darko Audio podcast. This time out, I think we're going to move to a new format Got where it. we talk about where we talk about new things or very recent things. So I know that you've got a few things that you want to talk about. I do as well. Do you want to go first and talk about one interesting new thing you've seen or done in the last couple of months? Um, I just recently went down to uh, LMC Home Entertainment in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, owned by Mike Ware. Very nice man that I've known for quite some time. Probably, Mike is probably one of the, I think he's the the largest dealer for Wilson Audio, uh, for Focal, for Sodas Faber. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is a hi-fi shop. I mean, they do a lot of custom installation. They do a lot of theater stuff, but they have... No, five or six big dedicated two channel rooms where one room you can hear those big Wilson chronosomics or whatever those are called. You can hear another room. He's got Martin Logan Neoliths, another room. He's got the Sonus Faber, the $250,000 Sonus Faber set up. Um, he has the big Macintosh XRT, uh, the XRTI 200s. This must uh, be a really big store, Jeff. It's a huge store. I mean, and he's got right. he's got this stuff in stock. I mean, you can walk into his dealer, sit down, listen to a pair of $250,000 Wilsons or Sodas Fabers and go, yeah, I'll take them. And they'll bring them over. I mean, it's huh. it's pretty amazing. It's, a, it's, yeah, it's wow. probably the most amazing hi-fi shop I've ever been in. And I mean, just in terms of breadth of product. And mm. um, so anyway, he's been a long time um, name and Focal dealer, and they just started. He's he's the flagship store. They're doing it what what they're calling the name Focal Experience Center, and mm-hmm. so this way, what they've done, they've set up. He has three rooms in there, and the big room has Maestro Utopias, Stella Utopias, which I just got done reviewing. And he's got the grand utopias, so you can decide which one's the right one for you in a hmm. in a about a twenty four by thirty foot room. And then he has a room that has most of the Focal stuff in more of the their new in wall stuff. And then out in the main room where you walk in, they've put together a number of really nice name and Focal just matched systems and some and some Focal and name headphone systems. So it's the perfect. It's the perfect opportunity, I think, for someone who would like to step up from, you know, either something like an all-in-one Sonosy kind of thing. You know, somebody who wants to go a step beyond just, a, say, a pair of small-powered speakers, something like that. And they've got five or six pre-packaged, you know, the smaller name, the the Unity stuff with small to medium-sized Focal stuff there. So it's 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 a really nice way if you just want, say, I mean, granted, they have the big, you know, the grand utopias, but for everybody else, they, they've put together a number of really nice, let's say, three to $10,000 systems that you can just walk in, sit down, give it a good listen, bring in some of your favorite music, bring in your headphones or listen to theirs, and, you know, walk out with a nice hi-fi system. Oh, wow. So it sounds like the kind of place, which I think is, well, in my experience, is quite rare. Because when you walk into a dealer's and you audition something, very often, though not always, but very often they'll say, yes, sir, no problem, sir. Um, you can order that today and we'll have it back in stock for you. You can pick it up next week or something like that. So they really fulfill the instant gratification 
um, in customers who want to buy something that day if they need to? Well, I think it's a consumer. I mean, maybe it's just an American consumer thing, but I'd like to think it's that way everywhere. Hmm. You get that idea in your head that you want that new thing today and you kind of yes. want it today. And if you if you walk in the hi-fi store with $6,000 burning a hole in your pocket and they can't sell it to you, you know, you might just go do something else. You you might go put that as a down payment on a new Porsche or something. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and Mike has said that it has helped their business, their business model tremendously being able to just send a customer out the door with the things they've auditioned. I can imagine. It's so, the way it t- used t- to be in the old days, man. You, 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 you <laughs> I was never used, there. I was just to say, you know, stack them, stack them deep, sell them cheap. You know, it's uh, so, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's how Richard Sounds used to work in the UK. You know, these, this, this, um, there were a chain of, uh, I guess you'd call them fairly, well, they're not really messy hi-fi stores, but there are just boxes piled up everywhere with right. flashy stickers and a catalog. And they, almost always had everything in stock. So if you wanted to audition something, you weren't going to have to wait. But they did, yeah, they stacked them high, they sold them cheap. And it's still, to this day, it works brilliantly. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, it's 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 the start of the weekend. It's Saturday morning. Today's the day you're going to go buy that hi-fi system and mm. hang out all week and listen to music. I mean, it's I think it's a great idea. I agree. Okay, so my thing then that I have done recently, I'll do the do thing now, so a, cu- a couple of weekends ago, I went to Warsaw in Poland um, for the Warsaw AV. It's called the Warsaw AV show. Got it. Um, and you think, okay, right, this is going to be another fairly average, like hotel based show, but it's absolutely not. Okay. So yes, yes, it. There are hotels. There's there's the main hotel called the Sobieski, which is kind of like Rocky Mountain in 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 Warsaw in Poland. Um, but the other half of the show is in a big football stadium, a big sports stadium. Wow. So all, all of the, um, the broadcast suites or the entertainment suites, that wrap around the top of the stadium are used for, you know, hi-fi system demos. So it's just this, it's a bit, it's a bit like a smaller version of Munich, but it's still, I think it's like the second biggest show in Europe. Yeah, didn't weren't, weren't they saying about fifteen thousand attendees? Yep, that's right, fifteen thousand people. So I think Munich is about twenty-two. But the, the the reason I like it and the reason I make a big deal about this football stadium thing is it it takes it out of the hotel. It makes it feel more like a proper exhibition, not some kind of weird pursuit. And I, I love it. I love it for that. And it's yeah. it, it's really busy. Like on the Saturday, it's insane. I mean, I know that we've talked before, and I'm not going to rehash it today, but we've talked before about how auditioning gear at a show, forget about it, you can't do it. It's just, it's a, it's a nonsensical stuff. It's a non-starter. But here, it's so busy that even sort of casual listening isn't really on the agenda. There's, there's just so many people coming in and out of the rooms. Some rooms are one in, one out at certain points because it's just so busy. So they have to manage the the flow of traffic like that. It's insane, and it's it's but it's so much fun. You know, if it if it weren't a four thousand dollar plane ticket from where I live and twenty five hours on the plane, I would really, you know, a couple of people have said you should go, you should go, you should go, yeah. and I mean, I may still go, but boy, that's a lot of time on a plane. I understand because you're on the east, co- sorry, the west coast of the USA. Right. So yeah, that's a bit like me flying out to LA. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's a long flight. Yes, I agree. Yes. 
So anyway, Warsaw AV show, it takes place every November. Um, it's, it's very much a different experience. And I think you would, I mean, I know you've said you, <laughs> the flight's too long for you, Jeff, but you I dig it, do because, it because they play, they play a lot of normal music there. Hooray. Give them big yeah. points for that. There's there's very little chin stroking going on, or well, I know the my my pals at Cardis Audio who are very close to me geographically. They've talked mm-hmm. about going next year, so maybe we'll tag along with the Cardis train and go. You know, right? Well, I hope you can make it because I think I think it'd I'm be nice go. to I mean, see you. We could podcast live from the oh, Munich we show, could do that. or from the def- from the Warsaw show. <laughs> the Warsaw show. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm dude. I'm so geographically challenged. I was the happiest guy in the world when they invented a GPS. I, I didn't even know which way east and west were until I was about 40. I'd say, is that right or left? So, yeah, I'm terrible. What, it's, was, it's not okay. a blood, was not a bloodhound in another life. <laughs> so. All right. So over to you, Jeff, for your second recent thing that's excited you. Um, you know, everybody knows Martin Logan for their spectacular, you know, ESL speakers. But, you mm. know, for about the past... I'm going to say, I hope the Martin Lone people won't be mad at me for saying this, but I think it's been about 10 years now. They've been, it might even be longer. You know, they've been quietly going about their business, still doing as much ESL business as ever, but they've been making their their motion speakers, which are a, you know, cone speaker with a Heil tweeter in them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for quite some time. And they just released a new range of speakers, the Motion 20i, 40i, and 60 XTI and mm-hmm. we I heard the 40 eyes at Rocky Mountain and I mean these are about well Martin Logan always has goofy pricing they're 1199.99 each so um about what's that about $2400 a pair yeah. and you know these are a three-way floor standing speaker really well made we just got uh the 40 eyes in and the smaller ones in to review my my new fellow over in Chicago, Michael Lawrence, he's reviewing the short ones, mm-hmm. and I'm reviewing the 40 eyes. And I mean, again, the it, I mean, I think it just underscores that you know those speakers in that about two or three thousand dollar a pair range. There's really been a lot of a lot of nice new products in that range. So you don't you know you don't have to spend a zillion dollars on hi-fi to get good sound. I mean, these are. You know, very dynamic. They're they're super deep bass. The the Heil tweeter is, you know, is very good. And Martin Logan's always mm. done a really good job of integrating that tweeter with, you know, with the cone drivers. So, you know, modest footprint. Um, you know, these are these are, you know, these would be a great thing to I mean, I even had them hooked up with a PS Audio Sprout too. So I mean, for mm. let's just say three thousand dollars and a little bit of wire. It's a pretty rocking little system. So, um, yeah, I think I saw them in Warsaw actually because they were they were parading a lot of new stuff in their room in Warsaw. Yeah, and I looked at this and went, okay, this is this looks new to me. I mean, I wasn't there to really cover the 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 minutiae of what was new and what wasn't, but I definitely they were definitely showing some sort of skinny floor standards that were. These about, are the ones. Yeah, these right, are the ones. Okay, right. yeah, 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 those are the ones. They look. I mean, they look cool. I mean, I, I wouldn't dare to hazard. Um, I guess as to how they sound based on a noisy shower environment like Warsaw or any others really, but they looked interesting and the, yeah, the pricing is not too outrageous and yeah, you're right. I think, cause I, when I, I think of Martin Logan, I always think of ESLs, but 
Um, yeah, and I think I think, and again, I'm I'm hoping I'm not making anybody at Martin Logan mad, but I I swear someone at Martin Logan told me they sell just as much of the motion stuff, if not more, because they do make. Um, if you're a multi-channel person, they do make matching centers. Um, Martin Logan's always made a great line of subwoofers because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to back up an ESL, you've got to make a sub that's pretty fast and pretty articulate. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have a full line of Martin Logan subs too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're, it's a nice product. Hmm. Okay. All right. So I'm going to swing it the other direction then into, into a, Super expensive, well, reasonably Ooh. expensive territory. Okay. Um, this is very new. Uh, I don't think it's it's been shown at many events, but I did catch this in real life at a show in in Leipzig, which is about an hour south of Berlin. It was there a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's only these these things have only just been announced, you know, in in the UK about a month ago. And this is a new product from Rotel, or a new series of products from Rotel, or rather, it's a new old series because. What Rotel are doing is they're resurrecting their Michi or Michi, M-I-C-H-I range of gear, right? So there is a preamp, a power amp, and then monoblocks. And you look at the pictures on the press release and you think, okay, right, this is like fairly average size, full width components. But then when I went to Leipzig and saw them at this Mitteldeutsche Tagger show, I realized just how massive they are. This is like, a, a, the preamp is enormous. It, I, I mean, I can't even give you the dimensions because I don't have that information yet, but it's, it has to be wider than a, a normal, um, I don't know what, what the standard width is of um, a high fi, piece of high, high gear. Is it 43 centimeters or something like that? I'm not sure. Yeah, not I'm much. Looking, I'm looking at my, my rack right now, but anyway, so that these, these pieces are, I mean, the, the monoblock is, is the size of a small car engine. I mean, this is Rotel going much higher end. I think they're, they're kind of trying to appeal to a different kind of customer because they've been, I guess, for the last 10 or maybe even 20 years, they've been seen as more of a uh, a wallet-friendly choice on with electronics. Would you agree with that or not? Or- well, yeah. Well, they did have um, – yeah, and they've always been – Rotel has always been in the early days was really high value for the dollar. Yes, yeah, really yes. good sound for the. I agree. Well, and is 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 Class A still with us or not? I don't think so. No, no. This may be because Rotel is part of the B and W group, so mm-hmm. this might maybe could be their answer to get something big to power Bowers and Wilkins that's in house. You know, the big eight hundred series. Well, you might be right about that because in Germany they were being shown by the Bowers and Wilkins distributor. So it was in well, it was in the same area. So I guess they, they they share distribution rights or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and but, what is, I I'm not seeing it on their site. So these have So yeah, it's called yeah, it's on the rotel.com site. Okay. It's M I C H I. So it's like a it's like a sub brand of Rotel, okay. but a high-end sub brand. So just to give you an idea on pricing, the preamp the P5 is three and a half thousand euros, so about four thousand US dollars. Oh, okay, the, that's still not crazy money. Yeah, and then the the power amp is six thousand euros, so about seven thousand US dollars. And I think the monoblocks. Oh, I'm not quite sure how much they are, so I won't I won't guess because that would do Rotel a disservice. But it's Rotel Michi M I C H I, 
I think it's quite interesting. I've got no idea how they sound, obviously. And even in Germany, they were on static display, which was actually really good because they had the transparent lids on them. So you could look inside, you could see these enormous transformers, enormous capacitors. I mean, yeah, these are designed to appeal to, you know, more people, people owning more demanding speakers who need the extra power. And they look really cool. You know? Yeah, I'm taking, I found it now. And, yeah. you know, it, it, this is kind of, I mean, you and I have discussed this before, but it's, and again, no disrespect to anybody that's spent crazy money on a hi-fi system, but this is kind of that stuff that to me would make the core of what I call the thinking enthusiast system where, you know, you mm -hmm. love hi-fi, you've listened to all this, you know, six-figure stuff and it's really cool, mm -hmm. but you've got 40K to spend on a system. You know, you've mm -hmm. got, you can, you can, you can dig up 40 or 50 or 60 K in your budget to dedicate to a hi-fi and you don't want used gear. And this is, this is a great choice for that. I mean, you know, again, grab an amp, grab a preamp, your favorite deck and your favorite mm -hmm. 10 or $15,000 pair of speakers. And, you know, you can, you can make some very serious sound with that. Well, the preamp here has a deck and a phono stage built in. Oh, nice. So you don't even need to wow. bring in external components there. And I think it's MC as well, but again, I would have to check yeah, that. Yeah, 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 moving coil and moving magnets. So, yeah. well, Rotel's, yeah. Rotel's got a, a pretty large manufacturing facility. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got some scale of economy there, so they can they can build something like this. And also they wind their own transformers in-house. I've seen it done. Nice. I've been, I've been to their factory. I went a few years ago. Um, it's in, oh, where is it in China? It's near Zhuhai. Yeah, Zhuhai is a city. And okay. yeah, so they they wind their own transformers in-house. This is not something they've kind of bringing in from an external provider. So Got it's it. really impressive. And you can see on the other side of the wall that some of the uh, the more affordable Bowers and Wilkins speakers are built there as well. Yeah, so, the 700s, 6 and 700s are built yeah. in Asia. 800s are yeah. built in the UK. Right, right. So I think, but this is something to look out for. This, you know, Rotel Michi series. I think it's, I think it might. I hope it does. I hope it sort of um, captures the imagination of some people. I, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see see how it plays out with in the market. I don't know. Yeah, no idea yeah. actually. But I mean, again, we're trying. You know, this is us talking about new stuff. This is something new. So, have you seen that crazy headphone amplifier from Manly? I have, yeah. Um, I ended up buying one. I mean, it's just really it's so cool. I had to have it, and huh. you know, and I and I have to admit, I've always been kind of a fanboy for Ivana Manley. I mean, she just, you know, she loves music more than anybody. She always makes mm -hmm. crazy. I mean, her gear always has a little bit of a, you know, a, 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 let's say a, a heavy dollop of kind of old school tube audio to it. You know, it's a little bit on the warm side. Um, yeah. Her stuff is all built really well. It's built here in California. And this headphone amp, I think it's $3,200, pretty sure, 32 something like that. Um, it's it's an outstanding headphone amplifier for $3,200. It's all tube. Um, but mm. one of the things it does that I like a lot is it can be used as a line level preamplifier. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredibly good line level preamplifier. 
So, you know, it's, uh, and the shape, I mean, it's, it's a wacky shape. So, I mean, it's, it's not going to fit on a, you know, it's not going to fit on a traditional audio rack, but I mean, it's, it's cool enough looking, you could just make it a centerpiece, you know, I mean, mm. run a. So this is called, this is called the absolute headphone amplifier. Yes. And it, I remember, I remember seeing this at CES when she was first developing this yeah. about five years ago. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of got these sort of, um, sloping sides yes, with handles yes. on it so you can i guess you can move it around but i guess also for ventilation but you can use it as a headphone stand as well is that right yes so yeah okay i've not i've not i've not seen it since i first saw it five years yeah. ago but i know it's been slow to, slow to come to fruition but so it's finally yeah it's finally there yeah. i mean she got it to me earlier this year i've been kind of a bad smurf i've been too busy to get it done which i apologize mm. for that but um but it's it's really it's one of those products you just keep playing with it and it's definitely i mean somebody walks in and wow what's that you know it's it's really got a lot mm. of wow factor but but it sounds great too and you know for me i think once headphone amplifiers i mean this is super biased opinion but once a headphone amps more than about a thousand bucks i'd really like to see it be a line level preamp as well you know because mm -hmm. then I mean, let's say you live in an apartment, you're a headphone person, and your budget improves, you get a little bit more space, and you think, hey, I, you know, I'd like to make a two-channel system as well. Now you kind of have mm. your cornerstone, your building block for that. You know, I mean, add a mm. add an amp and a pair of speakers and go. And I mean, this is this is a preamp you could live with forever. So it's And I'm looking at their website right now. So it has a remote control as yeah, well. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it, it really, yeah, it really is. Good, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, ah. I mean, I've had some manly products over the years and they've always been great. Um, you know, I've had the, the monos, I've had a, I had a steelhead for a few years. I've, uh, we've had the, the Chinook for a while, which, and we'll talk about this next time. They've got a new special edition Chinook that they did with Kevin Deal over at Prima Luna. So Okay. You know, but um, you know, she's always made really high, high value. You know, it's her stuff is is a lot. You know, I guess continuing in the tradition of you know vintage Morantz, vintage Macintosh. It's hand built. You know, these are mm -hmm. you know it's something you could pass down on to your kids. So it's it's pretty cool. Gotcha. So and did you buy the the gold and walnut bell, Jeff, or did you get for the silver or the black? Uh, I went for the black. Okay, so, so you're more of a traditional. Yeah, man. I think I would have gone. For the, I would have gone gone all out and just gone for the gold or the copper finish. I don't know whether it's gold or copper. I can't quite work it out, but yeah, that kind of. I would have definitely gone for that. Yeah. So just well, you know, that's yeah. why we still have more. That's why there's still more than vanilla in the world, right? Okay, so my next thing is is well, it's okay. It's not. It's not just about a product. It's about an experience. Okay. So I've been listening to a couple of very high-end in-ear monitors ah, these last okay. month or so. Now, one of them is not very new. It's the Campfire Audio Solaris. Got it. It's a, I think it's about, I'm guessing it's about 1500 bucks or 1200 bucks. Okay. And then also the, the Meze Ray Penta, which is a similar kind of price, high-end IEM, which is newer. It came out a few months ago. And I've been going backwards and forwards, you know, using one one day, using the other one the next day. And I've been doing this for the last three or four weeks. And they're, they're both outstanding, but in very different ways. Okay. Now, what, what kind of 
well, it's not what puzzles me about this is that people talk about accuracy. So let's talk about accuracy, right? Okay. So from a logical point of view, only one of them can be accurate, if assuming one is, right? Only one of them can because they sound very, very different to one another. No, yours is accurate and mine is accurate, but I'm right and you're wrong <laughs> and you suck. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. But it's, <laughs> but it's just like, how, how can, anyway, I've, so I, I guess for me, and I've always, I mean, I know you agree with me on this. It's just all of these things are matters of interpretation of music sources. So manufacturers will voice their speakers, amplifiers, headphones, in-ear monitors, according to what they think is the version, what, what their take on the version of the truth is. So everybody has their own version of the truth of accuracy and so these guys, presumably, I mean, I don't even know whether Ken Ball or Antonio Mizzi has have really stripped, you know, they've really um, strived for accuracy or not. But anyway, so just putting accuracy to one side for a moment. Here's the other thought that I had was that, you know, you would also think that as you spend, I don't know, north of a thousand dollars on a pair of in-ear monitors, which is big money. You would think that the sounds, the different, let me start this again. You would think that the sounds would converge. You would think they would be more alike than different. Yes. And yet they're not, right? Yet they're not. So this kind of also puts the boot in on the idea that there is a, an absolute sound, like a, an absolute version of the truth. It just, these two earphones seem to kind of just stick two fingers up at that, that notion and I don't know whether you, I mean, because you've reviewed more high-end speakers than I have. Do high-end speakers begin to sound more similar, Jeff, as you spend more money? Or does it, does that kind of, is that divergence still in play at the Uber high-end? In my highly biased personal opinion, it still diverges. I, I always look at speakers as paintings, okay? It's, right. it's like somebody likes Andy Warhol, somebody likes the French Impressionists, somebody likes... Norman Rockwell, I mean, you name it. And I mean, and quite honestly, kind of going around back to the beginning of our episode, no further than going over to Mike's place, because you go in one room and you listen to those big Wilsons and you listen to the big Focals and you listen to the mm. big Martin Logans and the big Macs. I have to say, listening to the new big Macintosh speakers, the 200, the 200 XTIs or whatever those are. Mm -hmm. They, I can definitely hear some Sonus Faber influence in there, but it's it's every individual designer's vision of what they think sound should sound like. You know what they think reproduce mm. sound. So no, I think it's I think it's very you know I mean a Focal sounds different than a Magico, than a Wilson, than a Martin Logan, than a you know than any of that. So you know some. And, and everybody takes a different approach. Some people are looking at, you know, some hang their hat on phase coherence. Some mm -hmm. hang their hat on eliminating cabinet resonance completely. Um, I mean, like the, you know, the Wilson, the Big Focal, the, the Magico, they're trying to isolate that driver completely so that the cabinet is playing no part of the sound. Then you get somebody like mm. Harbeth or Sonus Faber who works with the or gamut where they work with the resonance of the cabinet and make it part of the sound. And then you have the panel guys who eliminate the cabinet completely. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say within those subgenres, they're a little more, I mean, the, the, the Wilson Magico Focal thing to me is more similar to itself than it is, say, the difference between a Wilson and a Sonus Faber or, right. or a Magico and a Martin Logan, that kind of thing. So, no, it's still, it's still everybody's. I mean, I'm amazed considering that there's only a few people left in the world that actually make drivers that they're still coming out with new stuff and they're still coming out with things that sound different. Yeah, I mean, just to swing it back to these in-ear monitors for a moment. So Ken Ball's thing, if I may oversimplify what he does, sorry, Ken, um, is to really customize um, and optimize the drivers inside the earpiece. So he has like this tuned acoustic expansion expansion chamber on the balanced armature drivers to really extend the high frequency output to make them area. Um, sometimes he uses more balanced armatures for low end. Sometimes he uses a dynamic driver. So in the Solaris, it's a dynamic and a balanced armature, both. So it's a hybrid. Whereas somebody like Antonio Meze seems to be more focused on limiting the resonance of the earpiece. So the earpiece is much smaller than the campfire. It's it's almost like a pebble. It's it's and it's shallower and it sits more flush with the inner ear. So on comfort, on comfort alone. The, the meze for me are the winner, but it's not just about comfort, obviously. Right. It's many, many different things. But, you know, the, obviously with earphones and headphones, comfort is a big, big factor. And I don't think it's it's spoken about enough. So, for example, just to go on a little bit of a detour here for a moment. Sure. So Head Audio here in Berlin are known for um, making studio monitors, which generally studio monitors, they're active monitors, and Klaus Heinz, who is the kind of the, the brains behind the operation in many respects, um, has adapted the work of Oscar Heil for his own AMT, so Air Motion Transformer, Got it. tweeter. So Head Audio have forged a reputation in that field. But what they've done this year is they've decided to put the AMT tweeter and make that the basis of a headphone. So... They've just released this, well, they're about to release this product called the Headphone, H-E-double-D. Head is spelled H-E-double-D. Um, and I had a I had a quick listen to it last week. Um, and it is unbelievably transparent. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how far you can sort of listen inside the mix of the music. But they're big and they're heavy, so they're not going to be for everybody. And... I declined the review sample on that basis alone because because of their weight. Now, that doesn't mean that nobody is going to like them. It just means that I have a thing for actually very light headphones. That's my uh-huh. one of one of my little foibles in life. You know, like I don't like to feel that I'm wearing a head clamp. So when it comes to Order Z, I, I really struggle. Uh, when it comes to Oh, I can never remember the name of the company who make the Diana headphones. Oh, the big um, Abyss. JPS Labs. Yeah, the JPS Labs, the Abyss. Never, It's never going to be my headphones. See, and that's so funny because, because just... those are my two favorite headphones, Odyssey and... and... <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So because you obviously are not a, like as, as sensitive as I am, Jeff. <laughs> well, God, <laughs> to... yeah, ask anybody, they'll tell you. You're a much more sensitive yeah. guy than I am. <laughs> right. So... 
you know, comfort matters in headphones for me. And I think it's 50% of the equation. And I will, you know, the, the Odyssey stuff, like the head stuff, it, it sounds fantastic. But comfort, you know, is, is important to some people and not to others. Or rather the weight, no, I don't want to use the word, comfort's not the right word, weight or size of a headphone. Some people couldn't give a shit. Some people could wear a big, heavy headphone all day, don't care. And that kind of customer. So if you don't mind big, heavy headphones, you really should go and listen to this new headphone because it's, it's, it's quite astonishing. Okay how right. uh, transparent it is because this is the the AMT driver at work. Um, sorry, that was a long diversion. You know, uh, what's the word? That was a long tangential diversion. A convoluted from journey. The meze. Your convoluted journey away from the meze earpiece that sits very nicely inside the ear because I think comfort with IEMs also matters. And being of the sensitive soul that I am, I like comfortable IEMs as you know, you know, as well as comfortable headphones. That's going to be I in my like head all day. Yeah, that yeah. is going to be in my head all day about what a com- what, is- what a sensitive soul John Darko is all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess I just I just like comfort, Jeff. You know, I like no, I don't have. A, I, I I'm, live I'm not for a pr- that. I'm not a princess when it comes to hotel rooms or anything like that. <laughs> but when it comes to what I put on my head and what I put in my ears. <sighs> You know, I'm I'm pretty fussy about it. I've got to say, so as you should anyway, be. as you should be. Yeah, you know, there's enough things out there to choose from. You know, which again brings it back. I mean, there's, you know, everybody's matrix. I think is weighted in a different way. So, I mean, you know, again, yes. for me, I typically won't listen to headphones for more than about an hour. So, right for an hour of having headphones on, the the ones that I enjoy, the weight isn't really an issue. You know, so. Really? See, because I, I can, especially, well, whether I'm writing or editing a video, I have to wear headphones all day, especially with the video stuff now, because I have to monitor mixes and crossfades. I mean, I spend, when I'm editing a video, Jeff, I'll spend like half an hour making sure an edit between one scene and another and the music and the way the audio crosses over is just right. No, that makes perfect so sense. Wearing, yeah. Right. So I'm wearing for a long time. So I'll give you some examples. So right now I'm actually wearing the Meze 99 Classics. If I weren't wearing these, I'd be wearing the AudioQuest Night Owl, which are also super light. Um, when I listen to music upstairs at my desk, I love Dan Clark's headphones. Um, obviously, he used to be called Mr. Speakers, now called Dan Clark Audio. So the Ether and the Eon, I think, are both light and super comfortable. Um, and then I just got a couple of pairs of headphones in from Final Audio in Japan, they're a bit heavier, a bit bulkier, but not too much. So I could still wear those for three or four hours, no problem. I mean, these are very much at-home listening kind of headphones. I wouldn't take them out of the house. But still, when I'm at home, you know those, because I just have this idea in my head that when I sink in, literally, I use the word sink in, when I sink into a pair of headphones, I want just to be enveloped by music and comfort. And I want to feel like I'm having that sort of luxurious experience. No, I and I can't get makes sense. I can't get that from the from the abyss. Like I just look at it. Just looks, I just <laughs> see, and I can't, and I can't get that from IEMs because it always they always right. feel like somebody's stuck their finger in my ear. So it's you know you do get over that. Yeah. Yes, I used to think that way, but it's just a matter of like using it, yeah, using them more frequently and more frequently. But I understand what you mean. I mean, there are some very good earbuds around, but there aren't many knocking about. I mean, 
There are, yeah. I won't go into that. I'm not going to go into earbuds now. But well, I guess to take that headphone thing even further and balance balance on the comfort. Did you? Did we talk before about the Warwick Aperios? Did we talk about those a few episodes ago, or did we not? I I think you mentioned that you were about to tackle tackle that, or you'd got the... just finished that up. That should be going live shortly. Those really are stunning. I mean, but it's, 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 it's almost like, okay, $25,000 for a a headphone system. Again, if you're just buying that for an all out assault on personal fidelity, it may or may not be hard to justify. I mean, they're, they're really good. I mean, they're, so it's it's 25 grand. Is that what you're saying? But what you're getting for the 25 grand when they had their original, um, the Sonoma ones, those mm. were also, I still have a pair of those. They're very good. It uses, you know, that you get the amp, the headphones and a, an incredibly good DAC built in, but mm-hmm. for $5,000, those were a closed loop system. And I mean, still, if you put them in perspective with something like stacks where you have to have the amplifier or whatever, all of those are much more expensive. The new Aperio mm-hmm. at 25K is really a world-class DAC and a world-class line-level preamp, and, pardon me, and headphone amplifier, and an even better set of headphones. So it's mm. it's kind of like to me if you're if you're looking at the Aperios as just a headphone system, eh, it might be a little rich for too many people's some people's budgets, but if you're looking at it as a really good high-end DAC and pre that just happened to have thrown in an eight or nine thousand dollar pair of headphones. I mean, I know mm. it sounds terrible, but it's a killer deal if that's what you're looking for. I mean, again, add a add a add a twenty thousand dollar power amp in a hundred thousand dollar pair of speakers, and you know, it's as it's it's on par with anything you'd hear in that realm. So, right. So this is, this is a high end piece, right? This is uber high, uber end. high end, but, so the, the, but, right, but so this, brilliantly right. executed. I mean, they've really, really done. They, they, they listened to all the feedback they got from the Sonoma one. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to say this, but oftentimes in high end audio, I mean, when I used to write about cameras for a living, mm. you'd write up a Nikon piece or you'd write up an Epson printer and say, well, here's the things that does great. Here's the things that does not do so great. Six months later, Epson comes out with a new printer. They've addressed all 15 things that you mentioned in the review. you know. But in high-end audio, we get a little cranky pants about that and go, no, it's the best. And what's the matter with you? And you know, they don't tend to do that. <laughs> um, these guys, hmm. they pretty much listened to what everybody had to say about the Sonoma One and made another model that addressed everything, and then they gave you even more. So I, I have to give them all the credit in the world just for you know taking that part of the design process. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, yeah. There you go. Um, just to swing it again back towards a more affordable territory, and I know that you are, you and I are both going to be into this product, and I think it was shown in Japan at the TS show last weekend. So obviously we're both across the L100 classic. Yes. Right? With the orange foam grill. Yes. It looks like JBL are about to introduce the L82 classic. Do you know about the L82, Jeff? Like the older one? I mean, is this an old speaker model no. that from Right. So this is I'm looking at this on a 
actually on a Japanese website. I saw it a week ago and I made a mental note to mention this to you today, to talk about this today. So it's basically, it looks like a smaller version of the L100 with the, the orange foam grill, the cube effect grill. I mean, from visually, I think these things look bloody amazing. But um, it looks like they're going to sell for about you two and a half grand US. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe three grand with the stand. Uh, global release scheduled for 2020. So Some of the L82s that I've seen look a little bit like the old L26, which was a, a 10-inch two-way. They were, they were actually called the JBL Decade. Mm-hmm. I had a pair of those, and they were I shouldn't have gotten rid of them. They were pretty awesome. And those are those are the first speakers I ever heard in a hi-fi store. So right, know. but huh. um, should be intriguing. I mean, the L100s people are so polarized about that speaker, but yes, they I've are. had mine for a year now, and they mm. were they're 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 fun. They're they're going to be on our cover with issue one hundred coming out. What what else could I put on the cover but the L one hundred? So because they look phenomenal, I don't. It, it, it's almost, you know, like you expect a speaker like that to sound good if you're spending that kind of money. I mean, whether it's good or great, you you, you find out in the long run. But what's indisputable is how cool it looks. Oh yeah, especially if you're into that retro retro feel. And clearly, the L one hundred has done well. Otherwise. Otherwise, JBL wouldn't be introducing the L82 classic. Oh, sure, sure. So, and I mean, let's think about this. A lot of the chatter on Facebook and social media and, uh, you know, the forums, they're going, you know, $4,000. Mm-hmm. I bought mine for, you know, $700. Well, yeah, you bought them for $700 in 1973, you know. Right. So what's 700 bucks in, in today's money? I think it's, it's, it's about – I did there, the calculator. I think it's about $3,600. So right, yeah. okay. So it's just this, this misty-eyed view of the past, right. right? And and you know, comparing. I mean, I had a pair. I just passed them off to one of our staff members, but I've had a pair of vintage L100s for quite some time. And you know, mm. comparing them back and forth to the new speaker, the new speaker is miles better. I mean, you can mm. the the actual drivers in the original L100 are are quite good. But the crossover mm. technology wasn't, and you can. There's a couple of people, Parts Connection, and a few other people. There's a fellow in France, I can't remember his name, makes some really expensive crossovers for those speakers. And mm. I just couldn't bear to tear those things apart and put three thousand dollars worth of crossovers in them. So it now you don't have no, to. Yeah, I I'm perfectly happy with the new ones. I mean, it's what about the base, Jeff? Because I've heard. The complaints that I've heard is that the L100 Classics bass can be a bit woolly. Is this is this an amplifier problem, or what, what's the story? I think there? it's just a speaker setup problem. I mean, right. I, I'm going to stick my neck out and say 95% of all the complaints I've ever heard about speaker sound is because they aren't set up properly. And I mean, it's they they definitely have a little bit warmer bottom end, but but you know, mm. I mean, I've used them with tube amps. I've used them with you know, the big pass amps, I've used them with the Sprout. Um, You know, Mm. they're a pretty easy speaker to drive. And again, they do take on the characteristic of whatever amplification you've chosen to mate them with. But uh, you'll have to come out here and rock out. 
You mean you want me to fly that long ass? Just to come here and hang out with me. Yes, I do. So, um, <laughs> it's all about you, Jeff. Well, you know, it depends on who you talk so to. But uh, the um, the last thing I want to introduce today, um, and I'm, I'm taking a bit of a risk here, really, ooh. because normally when we record this podcast, Jeff, I use an external USB microphone and it's on a, a mic stand. It's right in front of okay. me. Okay. Today, I'm recording this on the new MacBook Pro 16-inch. No. I bought one of those. Oh, nice. How do you like it? Because I miss my old 17. Right. So th they've gone back to the old proper scissor switch keyboard. That's the first win. But I saw a video um, made by a guy called Jonathan Morrison on YouTube. He's a, he's a famous YouTuber. Ah. But he was saying that the, the microphone setup, so it's not just the mic, but the way I think the mic interprets the incoming signal. There may be some DSP involved in massaging that signal. I don't know. But anyway, he said that it was good enough for doing a podcast without any need, well, without the need for like a serious external mic. So I thought, what the hell? I would try that today. You sound good from so my I, end. I mean, I don't know. I have, this is the first time I've tried it. Stupidly risky, really. But I just thought, well, let's give it a, let's just take a punt and see what happens. I like that. Um, the other thing. The other thing I would say about it as well, I was just listening to some music with these Meze headphones. The DAC in this is pretty damn good. I'm, I'm surprised. It's a, it's probably a little bit loose on the bottom, but it's not as muddy as I've got a, a, like a 11 inch 2013 or 2014 MacBook Air. Okay. And I really don't like the DAC in that, but this one seems to be okay. Does it um, play MQA? This is not an <laughs> No comments. I'm just, no, I'm just being anyway. naughty. No, I'm just being a little bitch. I know you bitch. are. I know. But, well, um, this is what most know. This is the this is the question that people ask all the time, isn't it? Does it do MQA? As if that that's uh, you know. I made a okay. So I made a video recently about a beginner's guide, a beginner's guide to DAX. Okay, and in it. I flagged. So when, you know, when you're trying to get a newcomer where somebody new is like, well, should I get John, should I get a, a DAC? You know, like what, you know, what should I get? Because of the, the nature of the discussion of high end audio on the internet, they always get tripped up by distractions. Yes. Anybody who wants to talk about the power supply for a DAC, they're a distraction. Anybody who wants to talk about MQA, DSD, and even high res to a lesser extent, distraction. Which DAX chip is inside? Distraction. The only thing you need to consider is, does this make all of the music I listen to on my laptop or whatever sound better? So does it make Spotify sound better? Cobra's, Tidal, I don't know, Apple Music, Pandora. That's all you need to worry about when you're buying your first DAC. Everything else can wait. You know what? It's that, that's the, that's the simple decision tree with all hi-fi, can I hear right. more music? Yes, no. Right. Can I afford it? Yes, no. Can I justify it? Yes, no. Job done. That's all you need to know, you know. And you know, not will it may will everyone on the internet be impressed with me? Yes, no, no. Forget that. Skip that. Like you said, distraction. So right, but I think newcomers what they tend to do is they kind of they. They kind of hone their choices down, let's say to a $500 piece. And then they go on the internet and start reading and people are like, well, it's not worth bothering with that deck unless you put blah, blah, blah power supply on it. Or that's got that Sabre chip in it, which sounds rah, rah, rah. Yeah. This is, this is just, it's, it's ruining it because all you want them to do is focus on 
Does it make my music sound better? All the other stuff, power supplies, talking about DAC tips if you want to, high res, that, that still matters, but not as much as does it make most of my music sound better? So therefore, for the newcomer, for the newcomer, I stress this, those are distractions, which they can get to later. You know, they can add an extra power, external power supply if they yeah. want to. Yeah, you they can, can you get can, a code. You can get distracted later. and only listen to six tracks of music later. You know, it's. Uh... Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. But I, yeah, I, sorry, I was just, I don't know why I mentioned that, but I was just talking about, yeah, distractions on the internet. And here we are. Um, yeah, here we are, just being distracted. There you go. It works. Um, yes. So. Oh yes, that's right. Because of the MacBook and the the uh, the DAC inside this sixteen inch thing. Well, I'm totally envious. I really, I really, I'm showing ultimate restraint because I really want one, but my my tiny little thirteen inch MacBook is still working well, and so until it wears out, I'm not I'm not taking the plunge. But we we I just. Yeah, I, I had one of those moments. Like, I don't, I don't spend a lot on myself. I don't have any cars to worry about. Don't have to do anything with maintenance, insurance. There you go. Uh, so buy a MacBook. Right. I don't have a. So every, you know, every year I kind of treat myself just once, and this year MacBook Pro. And yeah, I, I really like it. I mean, it's a bit of an adjustment going from a 13 inch. Um, I can't take it out of the house yet until I get a case for it. Right. And it's right, so new that right. cases are not really available. Right. But. The yeah, the microphone, according to you, it sounds pretty good. Sounds great here. You sound um, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I you know, hey, I bought I bought a station wagon to take speakers uh, to the UPS and FedEx department. So you know, it's uh, did you really? You bought a station on wagon. eBay. It was so funny. It was Thursday night, a Thursday night, and uh, I was up at about two o'clock in the morning, as I often am, and I'm looking mm. at cars on the internet and uh i saw this bmw state 03 5 series wagon that was the auction was going to end at six in the morning and i thought whoever has an auction end at six in the morning on a friday so this mm -hmm. thing was languishing at about eight or nine hundred dollars so i put a bid in for fifteen hundred dollars I went to sleep, woke up at nine o'clock. You have won the auction. So now I have this great, wow. now I have this great car to take. I can fit big speakers to go back to FedEx and UPS. And uh, it's, it's my, my slumming car. It's great. So for the price of a, a pair of headphones, I got a car. So it's, uh, it's wonderful. Hmm. So should we finish with um album recommendations, Jeff? Hmm. Do you have one? Gosh, Oh, you know, it's deadline time. So I've been just doing the comfort food thing. I've, I've just been doing, what was it? What was the thing you recommended something a couple weeks ago that I was having so much fun listening to, but I have a recommendation. Hit me. I'm going to go predictably for me, electronic music. Awesome. What should um, I listen to? Okay. The artist is called somehow, but somehow is spelt S U U M H O W. And the album is called Second, and Second is spelt S-E-C-U-U-N-D. This is for people who kind of miss the way that Orteca recorded Ooh. in the 90s, that sort of glitch, glitchy, melodic, sort of IDM-type electronic I like music. That very suited, to, Right, very suited to home listening. So it's, it's very it's, – I won't say it's easy on the ear because it starts with a fair amount of noise, actually. 
but it does settle down. It's it's a very interesting record. I think the vinyl is available on Bandcamp, and I think actually it's pressed and sold from the USA because that's where my copy came okay. from. Anyway, so it's by the artist somehow with S S U U M H O W, and the album is called Second S E C U U N D. I will listen to that. Great. All right, Jeff, let's wrap cool, it man. up. Um, thanks so much for chatting again. Always a pleasure. You have been listening to the Darko Audio Podcast with me, John Darko, and Tone Audio's Jeff Dorgay. <laughs>